You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your host, Brad Jackson. Actually, I'm sweating Joe today. Goddamn, summer's here. It's fucking hot again. <laughs> I thought you were just smoking from all that workouts you've been doing. Getting all buff for summer, yo. Getting my, my swimsuit body on. There you go. <laughs> Outlifting heavy things and shit. So, uh, what are we smoking this week that we probably can't pronounce? Ah, this week we have the Rocky Patel... Uh, Tav- Tavascua? Tav- Tavasca? Tavik USA? Uh, Tavacusa? Tav- Tavacusa, there's where we... Yeah, we probably cannot, cannot pronounce this, but it's new Rocky Patel cigar celebrating uh, the anniversary of his... Uh, he In 2008, he opened a cigar factory in the heart of Esteli, Nicaragua, and now Rocky celebrates the anniversary by releasing a cigar named after that factory. It's a rich, full cigar with tobaccos from Candega, Jalapa, Esteli, and a San Andreas wrapper. Sounds like a lot of places in Nicaragua. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So far, I'm digging it. Um, I, you know, uh, if you go to Rocky's site, you know, it definitely says this is a full-bodied cigar. Other places say it's, you know, maybe a medium to full. I'm leaning more toward the medium to full just based on my initial analysis uh unofficially which i don't know i mean rocky you know he's done some really good strong cigars i mean the super lajero was probably one of my favorites the um uh what was it the sun grown um, yeah the sun grown maduro yeah it was another one that i i really enjoyed um you know those just seem to be in a little bit of a different tier than this. This here, so far, just seems to be a just a nice, relaxing smoke. Not too powerful, but, you know, it's got a, a, enough of a flavor profile and enough body to... A little bit of pepper in there. It's It's got some good uh, good flavor starting off here. I don't I know. Guess the first time I've smoked one of these. I mean, I hadn't seen these before, but... I I don't know if it's necessarily a new cigar, but it's definitely new to our our local shop, the cigar shop. It's the first time I've seen these pop up because you know at this point, 166 episodes in, we've almost smoked everything. So it's like <laughs> I always keep an eye out for something new popping up. They're like I haven't tried that yet. Well, I mean, it's it's also kind of crazy because uh, who who is it that regulates uh, the FDA? Yeah, you know, I know that they're going after boutique blends and that that type of stuff again and you know that really kind of sucks because then you're left with yeah, only the up. huge you know players you know it's almost like if you know they were to decide to be like ah we don't want craft beer anymore so everything belongs to anheuser-busch yeah it definitely puts a bigger uh i guess a barrier to market for especially like small new companies or so yeah you know Join the uh, Cigar Rights of America. Write your senators. Tell them to leave our fucking cigars alone. They're not, uh, there ain't no kids smoking a fucking $10, $15 stick. You know, 
like it's like oh it, it's this is the same as vaping and, and flavored stuff no it's not motherfucker you know what's in to, in a cigar tobacco that's it it's not like the millions of fucking chemicals that are in a that you don't know what's in a cigarette or your vape juice or whatever i know what's in my vape juice vg pg and a little bit of nicotine <laughs> and all of that shit is in your food now, your food is not in your lungs, so I'm not advocating <laughs> from that aspect, but... I'm going to smoke a steak. Roll that thing up. I mean, it's hard to get lit, but... <laughs> Speaking of smoking, I'm... how high was on the other day? I haven't watched that in forever. <laughs> oh, yeah? Did you, uh, did you get a little contact high? No, it's just the part where they're trying to smoke the dead guy's finger that, like... <laughs> just reminded me of trying to smoke meat. It's that ivory, yo. <laughs> that ivory. Speaking of weird shit, this week we're going to be talking about season two of Death Love Robots that we talked about long, long ago. And I'm going to go ahead and preface, how are we going to do an hour-long segment on an hour's worth of content? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, season two might not be as great as season one, so this may be one of those episodes where we just talk shit about something for an hour. (laughs) Not saying it's all bad. There's some good segments, but overall, not as good as season one. And like I said, this may be one of our, our shit talk episodes or where we fall down tangent rabbit holes because we run out of shit to talk about. Yes, <laughs> and as your co-host, I'm going to put the ball on the tee so you can hit a home run here. So, if you have autonomous robots trying to ruin your life, who do you call? You should call in Strikeforce. com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. That and a shotgun will do you a whole lot better than calling customer service. <laughs> At least you'll have the energy to run away from the death robots. And with that, on with the show. You feel something. Don't you? Wow. It's like a kind of door opens up out there. I figure it leads to some other world. Trapped inside our own. Why give all this up? Why? I've been alive 218 years. I've seen too much. And welcome back. Taint. Yeah, so apparently we can't even get the name of this series right. Um, yeah, it's Love, Death, and Robots, not Death, Love, Robots. <laughs> That's how memorable this show is. That can't. I got all three words in there. I, I mean, so is that supposed right to be like you love Death Robots? Or, you know, are the shows supposed to be about Love, Death, I mean, and Robots? Kind of like Steel Panther, Death to All Butt Metal? Oh, no, no, it's Death to All butt metal oh yeah yeah death doll butt metal <laughs> commas matter folks <laughs> yes and if you remember way back in 2019 before the plague uh there was a little show called love death robots uh and generally we had a mostly positive uh, opinion of the first series well it, it... i think the first series had a bit more diversification like you know as far as the skits and as far as the 
you know, the artistry and styles and, and that sort of thing. Um, and there was also 18 of them. This was a lot shorter of a, uh, a season. And the episodes were far, far shorter. Yeah, I mean, like, the first one was, like you said, 18 episodes, and they yeah. varied in length from, yeah. Like, 13, I think the longest one was, like, 18 minutes? Yeah, where this one is, we only got eight, and I know it takes a, you know, animation is something that takes a while, and they may have, since it's been, you know, three years since the last one came out, they might have been like, oh shit, we need to hurry up and get this out so we went from 18 down to 8, and then each episode is 7 to, at the max, 18 minutes. So but they're, so they're all basically in that 13 to 15 minute zone. And hell, that's with credits too. So really, in reality, they're only about each like 10 minutes. So <laughs> hell, some of them, the freaking credits are longer than the damn uh, Yeah, because there were a couple video. like 3 and 7 minute um, series, I think. So yeah, not nearly as uh long as uh s- season 1 but the 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 themes like were not near as diversified like you know there was in in the first season you know you had some that was like oh we're going to do some type of you know mech warrior super badass uh you know fighting and stuff like that i forgot it's been a few years <laughs> um but you know, this one here just seemed to be like, eh, people have a fear of robots, so, you know, by and large, most of it's just going to do with, uh, you know, robots wanting to kill all humans. <laughs> yeah, Except for one. We're going to have a naked, you know, giant that's going to symbolize a beached whale. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably, like, the weirdest... That or the Christmas that. episode. Oh, like, yeah. a Christmas episode and, you know, when we watch this, like... I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess this, what, dropped the middle of May, you know? Um, yeah, May 14th is when, when the season two dropped. It's kind of weird seeing a Christmas episode, like, when it's 90 degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say. Uh, Christmas and, su- Christmas and summer, man, it's all good. But yeah, it was like, yeah, definitely, like you said, diversity, but not in like, you know, the, the diversity they claimed it but just different animation styles like the first one is like each one kind of looked very different from the the next one where this one with the exception of a couple not that i guess broad of uh, a selection of animation styles yeah like where are the kitties that are trying to eat all the peoples like there were no <laughs> kitty episodes you can't have death robots and not a kitty. I mean, we did get a poodle at one point, but, I mean, that was the first episode, and, <laughs> you know, after that, I don't think we really uh, got any cool animal stuffs. Yeah. And I think this, watching season two just made me uh, miss season one more. Because, like, you know, cause when on the Netflix is showing, like, all the old, I'm like, oh, man, freaking suits and blood uh, blood suckers and and you know, like I was like I was like these were all like really fucking good like Sunny's Edge like but then this one is like there wasn't Are anything little like quirky ones like three robots yeah three you know? robots was fucking hysterical in season one I I love that one 
Or, like, when the yogurt took over. Like, you know, like, there were just some that was, uh, or the dump. Come yeah. on, you know? Everybody needs a good dump story. Yeah. <laughs> Where's that guy at? <laughs> oh, but there are some good ones, that, but there's not as many that, like, really stands out to me like there was in... Yeah, season one. I mean, there were some stinkers in season one. They weren't all hits, but this one is like, all right, instead of putting out 18 and having 10 good stories, let's just put out eight and have like two good stories. <laughs> like, yeah, like they trim too, yeah, they trim too much meat, and not enough fat. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes that fat can render out and make a pretty good product. I'm just saying. <laughs> So, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I expected, like, as I'm, you know, reading through the directed by, I'm like, well, maybe a lot of the same people were involved. But no, I mean, they did the same thing and brought in different studios, different directors and composers. But it's like, everybody was just kind of, hey, we've got the same generic idea, except for the giant naked dude on the beach. <laughs> Which is, yeah, we'll get into that one later. But that, that was probably the weirdest of the... Like, it was so weird that when I... Because I watched it when it first came out, and then I rewatched it a couple days ago since we were doing this episode. And that was the one episode I'm like, nah, I've seen it. I don't need to rewatch this one. <laughs> Alright, so... Let's start with the first one. And that's the other thing, too, that kind of annoyed me about watching it all, is the first episode out the gate, I liked. It was good. I, Dude, I'm like, I think I'm the, like, this is like three robots, nearly. The, uh, the... And then it first went episode from there. was probably the highlight of yeah. the entire season for me. Like I was, and and maybe that was part of the problem is it started out so strong and I'm like hell yeah you know and and then I was like, kind of you know regressed from there. I mean, like you said earlier, that's not yeah, the to say there aren't some the gems gate, you know went down later down. on, but yeah, this just set the bar very high early on and. It just kind of fell flat after that. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is probably the, the funniest of the bunch, too. And the animation style is, like, really weird. I could almost see this, like, if they tried to, like, make a Jetsons or something else. Like a modern I Jetsons. I could see this animation style really working for that. <laughs> kind of reminded me of the, because uh, this one's called Automated Customer Service, uh, directed by Meat Department. <laughs> Uh, starring Nancy Lenari, Ben Garrox, and Bran Keen. But, uh, yeah, it, it Look basically... Look you pretending uh, you know who any of those people are. I can read Wikipedia just like everybody else. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to sleep that night. But, yeah, it's like the, uh, all these people living in a retirement community, probably in the future, where basically robots do everything for them. It kind of reminded me of that uh, from Wally when they goes to the spaceship and like all the humans are just like fat and floating chairs and you're just watching TV and the robots are doing all the things. But there's like <laughs> the kind of montage of them showing all the different robots that are like you know taking care of the humans in the retirement. Home. There's even a, a a fucking dog walking robot that picks up shit. Like you're getting this like montage of robots doing different things and all of a sudden there's like dog drops a turd on the sidewalk and fucking robot dog walker like drops down and sucks the poop back up 
That's what happens when we all become lazy and rely on computers to do our bidding. <laughs> I mean, hell, there's even one people, like, uh, playing tennis. And they're on, like, a tennis court. But there's two robots playing tennis. And there's two humans sitting in lawn chairs with VR glasses playing, like, Wii Tennis. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's this thing called Twitch, right? So instead of uh, playing video games... Or better yet, you know, things like in video games, like fishing and stuff that you can do in real life, but you don't want to take the chance of being outdoors, <laughs> so you do it virtually. This is so weird. So you don't have to doing... worry about playing, like, hey, I, and, and I'm kind of guilty of it. I figured out what Twitch is for, for me anyway, right? I'm a, I'm a video gamer. I love video games. But there's certain games that I'm like... That's not worth my time, so I'm going to watch this other person finish it so I don't spend $20 on something I'm probably not going to like playing myself. I don't have the time or the money to play this game. Let me, like, you know, watch some hot girl on Twitch play it for me. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even have to be a hot girl for me. Like, I'll just be like, eh, you know what? I'll spend two hours watching you speedrun this thing that I would never complete, you know, on my own. And we're done. Uh, th that's like the old man in me. I never could get into Twitch. So I'm like, I can understand watching, like, I'm stuck on this level. Let me go watch a hint guide on YouTube. But just watching someone play the game, I'm like, why? Well, like, for me, but for again, instance, you know, people watch baseball and football well, and whatever, like, when you could actually so, go play it. You know, later in this month, we talked about, you know, maybe visiting the Saw franchise. Well, there was this really, really bad Saw video game that came out, right? <laughs> And this thing is pretty... I never even heard of that. I didn't know there was a Saw video yes, game. Yes, that's, that's how bad it is. <laughs> so it's like, rather than me try to find this game and torture... Uh, it's like, hey, this dude said he found it at a 75-cent bin at, you know, some used <laughs> game store for PC. So I watched him play for two hours, and I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't waste my money on that. You know, because it would have been one of those things, like you find it on the PlayStation Store... Forty nine ninety nine for the world's <laughs> worst game. Like, uh, I don't have time to play Mortal Kombat and see every ending. Let me go watch this video that shows every ending and every fatality. <laughs> I mean, my thing is I can never get the button combinations right. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, up, down, start, right, A, B, select, backspace. Shuriken. Oh wait, a minute, wrong game. <laughs> so yeah, automated customer service. Uh, we uh, see a old lady doing uh, headstand yoga in her her house, and that one was actually pretty in innocent. Like you know, like the ones where the robots take over, you know, because I mean, I guess at this case, in a way, I understand because humans have become so lazy that you know, literally, we've got robots cleaning up after our pets, and you know, I mean, <laughs> don't think your Roomba isn't keeping tabs. <laughs> yeah, her uh, her uh, vacuum bot, aka the Roomba, is like starts arguing with her over a placement of a photo, and finally snaps and decides to kill all the humans. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't actually snap until she goes over to like try to like I don't want you to move that picture, so let me you know press the menu button or you know try to power you down, and you know obviously the robot's going to take offense to that, you know I mean. <laughs> The robot has probably already mathematically calculated the span of the shelf, exactly equal distance between all of the things on said shelf, and the like, lady. No, you were wrong. This is the yes. perfect. Because he, he was centering it on the shelf. He's like, no, I like it over here. And then finally the dog barked at him, and he fucking lasered the dog. 
gave it a, a reverse mohawk. I could use that. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I've been trying to find some different, you know, head shavers. And, uh, <laughs> dude, the robot may be the way to go, because that was a clean shave. <laughs> True enough. Uh, anyway, didn't get any blood, just took the hair. But, yeah, she, she calls, like, customer service. And before that, while she's doing yoga, there's this old dude who lives next door, like, and... He's behind a fence and he's doing something with his hand. It seriously looks like I'm like, is that dude jerking off over there watching well, her doing at, yoga? At, at first, I was like, oh, it's probably him just flipping burgers or something. But you, you see him polishing the shotgun, <laughs> and that's not a euphemism either. <laughs> he was really polishing the shotgun. Yeah, she calls the customer service. The customer service is like, is is your uh, vacuum bot uh, trying to kill you? Press one. <laughs> or no, it's like first, like, would you like to speak to a human or continue with the automated service? Speak to a human. Wait time is six hours. Fuck. All right, automated. Have you tried turning it on and off? <laughs> it's like, so she does that. It's like, oh, you have activated purge mode now. Now your your bot decided the house is his and he's going to kill everything. <laughs> First, you must like you know, trap it somehow and and reboot it. <laughs> it's like, it, it like the the specific the specificity of the uh, the automated system is like, you know, the the whatever vacuum bot is now uh, trying to kill anything that is organic. Uh, you should uh, throw throw something to distract it, like a pet. Are you willing to throw your pet at the vacuum bot? No. Are you sure? <laughs> Fine, you know, throw something over it and try to turn it off, and then when she does that, it's like, oh, it interprets that as an attack. Now it's locked, put the house on lockdown. <laughs> and it's like, why does this vacuum bot have all these, like, fucking weapons and shit? <laughs> well, I... I I mean, dude, that is home automation at its finest. Oh, and then the neighbor tries to come and help her when she gets locked in. He's like, ha oh, my I've been polishing my shotgun all day for this. And then he just gets tased right out the gate. <laughs> yeah, right in the forehead. <laughs> Have you ever been tased in the head? No, I, it looks unpleasant. I mean, is there enough? I, I, I guess there's enough skin there for the barbs to stick right it probably hurt like a son of a bitch <laughs> i mean i've seen people get tased in the nuts before it's and the thing is those you know it's like a fish hook at the end of that uh that wire so even even if it doesn't shock you you got a fucking fish hook stuck in your face it's not gonna be pleasant we need a volunteer have a science experiment <laughs> is anybody out there willing to get tased in the face for science A.K.A. Taserface. <laughs> Don't I mean, tase me, bro! I mean, I guess that's better than present face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she does uh, manage to get the shotgun and, and finally kill uh, <laughs> the fucking uh, vacuum bot. And the automated guy's like, Oh, now that you've you know successfully killed the death machine vacuum bot, he has sent out a, uh, put you on the vacuum bot hit list, and now every other vacuum bot is now going to hunt and kill you. This is your reality now, running for the rest of your life and hiding because all robots are coming to kill you. <laughs> Unless you would like to buy our upgrade program that takes you off the list. And he's like, fine, like, fuck it. We're just going Road Warrior. <laughs> well, I mean, at that part, I was like, oh, yeah, we got Grandma O'Connor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because, you know, her and old man are just like, fuck it, you know, ride or die, you know, straight up Terminator style. <laughs> Running off into the sunset in their golf cart with their bald uh, dog uh, being pursued by even the the shit uh, dog walking bot 
So I was below Atlanta yesterday. I don't know what community I was in. Literally, though, I had to run into PetSmart. And, like, there are dedicated golf cart parking spaces. <laughs> like, people literally just drive their golf cart up to PetSmart and, you know, the surrounding shopping centers. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> I I need to be doing that. Hmm. Yeah, like I said... Automated customer server. That's like probably the highlight of this whole thing. <laughs> well, I if you're only sure. going to watch a couple, definitely watch that one. I mean, I thought this one was good. Um, about six episodes in or so. Um, what is it? It is, you know, all through the house. That's another Christmassy, one. short, but it had a very unique take like I, I you know i appreciated that but you know we've got like five other things to talk about before we get there i so, mean the next one ice wasn't terrible it was a lot more serious um you know this is you know love death robots you know drama episode here yeah uh directed by robert valley uh and it's the animation style, if you're a fan of, like, Batman Beyond, it kind of looked like that weird future, futuristic anime style from, like, Batman Beyond. Where it's uh, two brothers, uh, reloc- well, a whole family, really, re- relocate to this ice-covered colony planet. And in the future, most people are biologically enhanced. So they have, like, you know, almost superpowers. And his brother is an enhanced person, and the younger, or actually the older brother, is like flesh and blood human. So he doesn't. Not only do they don't fit in because they're space foreigners, you know, they're 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 not from this colony world. Uh, but then also, uh, you know, he's a a, a non enhanced person, so he's kind of like the outcast. And his brother, who's who is enhanced and is like down with the local uh, ruffian kids, uh, <laughs> tries to take him out and teach him to fit in by running from ice whales. This isn't the one I thought it was. It's the next one. Pop Squad. Yeah, that one. Some a, reason I don't even up. think I watched this one. <laughs> I, I, I think somehow, like, I went from episode one to three and didn't notice. <laughs> That's for some, for, I don't know, the Netflix interface was weird. For some reason it kept, like, yeah, like jumping would... to season one. I kept having to, like, go... So Watch the episode it, and then go back to season two? Like, for me, I was like, you know, because I was watching it on my phone, right? You know, and I, I'm i like, did I hit a button? Like, why why am I going back to, like, a different season? Or it would for t- mine, it kept trying to take me to the fish, Night of the Fish or Fish Night. <laughs> I kept having to stop and go back to season two. I don't know what it was, but, like, Netflix wanted me to watch fucking Fish Night for some reason. But every time it, like, auto-played to the next episode, it would jump to season one. It's probably the automated robots, you know, trying to send us a signal. Probably. Yeah, this one, they, uh, the, uh, kind of the local, uh, fun thing is, like I said, this kind of mining world, there's these giant electro whales that live below the ice, and they only come out once the machinery shuts down, and they'll usually takes about six hits before they can, six or seven hits before they can break through the ice. So these kids, like, set up, uh, flares and get way out on the ice and as soon as the whales start to like hitting the ice they try to like run back to land before they break through and kill everybody <laughs> and of course like the 
the the one guy who doesn't have like super speed uh is you know falling behind so his brother like fakes an energy injury and he has to like save his brother and you know they manage to just barely make it before the the whales pop off and everyone's oh man you're cool you like you know even though you're human you outran the whale like uh you know good job and then his brother gets up and starts walking like normally he's like you fucker you like just you know <laughs> yeah you faked an injury so i'd look cool and now i have like space friends so good looking out little homie <laughs> I got nothing to contribute. Yeah, this one was not one of the uh, the highlight episodes. It was just kind of like, eh, all right, that's kind of cool. Space whales look fun. All right, so you want to talk about Pop Squad. And we're not talking soda pop. That one was probably the most fucked up one of the season. <laughs> well, I thought, you know, this one here was probably one of the more serious, like, you know, I mean, you can't help but, like, as I was watching this, thinking about, you know, people trying to migrate. But, yeah, the, kind of the, the premise is, you know, I guess there's a drug out there that has given immortality, resulting in human overpopulation. So now breeding is outlawed. And some people still continue to breed. Which, I don't know. I mean, at that point, like, you know, vasectomies and hysterectomies aren't a thing in this future. <laughs> yeah, it's like... I, uh... I mean, because... I mean, there's some fun to be had, you know? <laughs> if, But I guess maybe once you reach 218 years old, you're not interested in that anymore. I don't know. Yeah, Pop Squad, uh, directed by Jennifer U. Nelson uh, from Blur Studios. Uh, and actually, you know, stars Nolan North. But yeah, this right here, like for a 18 minute segment. I'm surprised this isn't like the story of a whole like weird sci-fi movie. Like this could, this could be so, you know, this guy's a, uh, part of the pop squad. So basically everyone who takes this drug is now, you know, biologically immortal, but they can't have kids because of the overpopulation. And you have to come off this drug to be able to have kids. So there's some people who live like, like all the immortals like live like up in the sky and like fancy houses and shit. And so some people choose not to be immortal and try to have kids in the kind of slums and these kind of robo cops and these, uh, they call them the pop squad, I guess, uh, find these people that have kids and arrest the parents and execute the children. So this is, this guy's job day in, day out is to kill kids. And it's, you, know, you start to see the psychological effect that has on the dude. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I, I gotta say, like, at first, like, they barge in, you know, and it's, you know, a mother trying to protect her, you know, two children. It's like, oh, they're just kids and blah, blah, blah. And they take the, you know, parent away. And then, you know, he's just like, yeah, I'll take care of the kids. And I was like... Oh, he's probably going to send them up for adoption or have some kind of change of heart. But, nope, that's not the case at all. No. I mean, and it looks like this run... I mean, it looks like a meth house. So, he's like, they don't explain what's actually going on until, like, maybe after this. And then it goes to the whole, like, you know, overpopulation humanity thing. Because the mom's like, they haven't had breakfast yet. And they're dragging the parents out. And he's just like, looks at the kids like, yeah, sorry, kids. Pop, pop. You know? They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> But, you know, one of the kids had this stuffed dinosaur, and he keeps seeing, like, stuffed dinosaurs, and it's like, he starts having that kind of, like, you know, 
what he does for a living starting to catch up to him. And he ends up like tracking down like a antique toy dealer and finds this lady buying toys and follows her home and actually comes in and like has a discussion with her. Like, why do you want to do this? Like, like I, like, you know, what's going to happen. She's like, yeah, well, I don't, I'm not such a narcissist that I want to live forever. Like, you know, like having a kid actually gave me some kind of like purpose in life. And even though I'm probably going to get caught and I'm not going to have her for that long, I want to, you know, experience this. And like the you know, little kid like starts playing with the the freaking and they wear these weird like pilgrim looking hats too, which <laughs> very like. Well, dude, if you're gonna be an executioner, you gotta have a sweet hat. Yeah. But he eventually just like you know, lets him be. But he, as soon as he walks out, he sees his partner apparently also track them down and ends up uh, defending the the lady and her kid and shoots his partner and ends up getting shot himself and. And it's like, you know, he just, before he dies, just kind of walks out into the rain, like, oh, I'm like, yeah, finally experiencing life after being this, like, you know, immortal that <laughs> has yeah, I mean, forgot I guess, how to experience things. Like, I mean, that's the thing, like, you know, if you're immortal, you're not experiencing anything at that point. Like, there's no real risk or, you know, reward or anything else, like, you're just... You're, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to die. I mean, I guess it's possible to get injured, but yeah, you know, if they have the medical technology to make you immortal, I'm pretty sure they can fix a broken leg pretty easily. It's like, yeah. So it's like, like you said, no risk, no reward. I mean, <laughs> if you can like, there's no priority. To, like I can like this, like his girlfriend's uh, some kind of like opera singer and shit. And she's like, I spent 20 years perfecting that song. Cause I mean, you know, there's no, kind of motivation, I guess, or hurry. Cause you can just, I've got 20 years to work on this thing. It's there's no, <laughs> no need to, to rush. Yeah. It's like when Guns N' Roses said they're going to have a new album. <laughs> <laughs> 27 years later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Welcome back to the jungle. <laughs> We've still got games. <laughs> I saw that meme. I saw floating around. It's like, some girl posted a picture of, like, young Axl Rose, and he's like, why can't I find a guy like this? And then Axl Rose is like, hey. And she's like, no. He's like, but I'm literally the guy in that photo. <laughs> but you don't look like the guy in that photo no more. <laughs> Axl Rose looks rough these days. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And the animation style on this, too, was very... I mean, it was almost that uncanny valley where it was almost too realistic animation that it's just like... This is kind yeah, of weird. I can't tell if it's live action or animated. Messes with your brain a little bit. Um, Snow in the Desert. I... That's another one that had that kind of super realistic animation style that. I mean, and. And also deals with immortality. But at the same time, like. This was one that I thought was kind of, you know, not so bad in itself. You know? Yeah, this, just... this one was kind of. Kind of pretty good. <laughs> kind of pretty good. I I don't know. You know, I mean, it was kind of cool, you know, seeing Snow, uh, you know, stealthing along, murking people, and... Um... Yeah, you see this you know, dude, this kind of Jedi-looking dude wandering through the desert, ends up in this space town with aliens and shit, and he's like, you think he's buying drugs or something? He's like, he's like, my package arrived? Yeah, but it's getting hard to find, like, you know the real stuff uh and getting expensive you want you want to i can get you some good synthetics he's like 
no, same order. I'll be back. You know, give me another 10 kilos. I'll be back in a month. You know, and it's like, and you find out it's like freaking strawberries. I mean, the dude's like hundreds of years old. He's like, I still remember the taste of like real fucking strawberries. I'm not, I'm not doing this, uh, <laughs> synthetic well, I mean, it's shit. like, you know, eating fresh fruit and then getting canned fruit. And dude, they just don't compare. No. And he's one, someone old enough to tell the difference. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that old, but I can definitely tell the difference between, hey, I've got a peach versus, oh yeah, those peaches were definitely out of a can. <laughs> or pineapple. Pineapple is probably the strongest example, because there's nothing better than fresh pineapple. Canned pineapple just is not holding up. Yeah, like he ends up in a, like a space bar and these bounty hunters are like, you're Snow the Albino. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, 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 I'm another albino. Uh, what'd that Snow guy do? I don't know, but we were hired to cut his balls off. He's like, okay, that <laughs> sounds unpleasant. I kind of like these. They're attached to me. They've been with me all my life. Yeah, so basically he's some kind of mutant. He's basically Duncan McLeod of space. Like, he can't die, and now these bounty hunters are trying to basically take his genetic uh, material so they can try to figure out why he's uh, immortal. And a... Uh, some other lady helps him in the fight and, uh, you know, asks to kind of travel with him and turns out she's basically a representative of, like, Earth intelligence. She's like, we also want to learn about your immortality. We want it to be voluntarily. I'm not here to cut your balls off. I'm just here to, like, convince you to, like, voluntarily Yeah, she's not going to cut them balls off, but she's going to take them balls deep. <laughs> yeah. A lot more, like... Season 1 had a lot more of these weird sex... Uh, animations in there this is like the only one that had like some kind of sex scene in it <laughs> i think there's like a lot more of that in like nudity and sex and violence in the first season this is like our one like there yeah. is literally a naked giant with naked giant pubes <laughs> in the middle of a beach how much more nudity do you need okay female nudity and sex <laughs> are you assuming genders well it is a robot so i guess it could go well, she was cyborg. She was part human. <laughs> but yeah, you know, she follows him back to his house, and he's like, yeah, I found this cave about 200 years ago, and I've been like home doing home improvements since then, so he's got like a nice little, literally a man cave. <laughs> and he's like, if you need clothes, there's some in the back, and she's like, comes out in this dress. She's like, whose dress is this? Oh, that's my wife. She killed herself like 150 years ago, because she's like, why? I'm like, well, because... She got old and I didn't, and she couldn't take anymore. So I've been lonely man out here in the desert, jerking off for the last hundred and fifty years. <laughs> well, jerk no more, good sir. <laughs> but then the bounty hunters attract him to his house, and you get a good, good ninja fight scene. I mean, you got a dude who's been uh, surviving for a couple hundred years. I mean, probably learn learn how to fight before you get that long to practice. Well, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, he uh he. he he definitely knew how to utilize the high ground. <laughs> yeah, he Obi won their ass. I mean, there was there was a lot of you know like contrast that I was drawing. I was like, all right, so a little bit between Obi Wan and Luke. You know, Obi Wan with utilizing the high ground, Luke with hey, I'm just gonna go out in the middle of a fucking you know no man's land. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, where I live for the next two hundred years. Yeah, but he fucks him up, and, and then, you know, his girl gets uh, blasted, and 
Then she comes back and rips the dude's heart out and turns out she's like, he's like, oh, you're a synthetic. She's like, no, I was injured and they fused what was left of my body to this, you know, robot. So there's a brain and a, in a spinal column in here. So she's like, yeah, I'm also very, very old and it's very lonely being immortal. So you're immortal. I'm immortal. We should be like, you know, find love and our, our immortality. And so they do. Dang. Eating strawberries and having robo sex. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the thing. Now the next episode, this one that it was is kind of a short one, but I found this one like really interesting. It was it was kind of kind of like a cool. You zombie only ghost liked story. it because you liked the train. <laughs> it was kind of steampunky. <laughs> uh yeah, the tall grass. Which is kind of weird. Like, I, I, I might have dozed off in this episode. I'm not sure, cause I remember, you know, him sitting down, you know, on the train with a conductor and everything else, and having, you know, a conversation or what. Why did the train stop, and how did they end up in the grass? <laughs> cause the train obviously didn't derail. Well, no, the train suddenly stopped out in the middle of this. If anybody's traveled out west, it's like literally middle of nowhere. There's just fields of grass that are like taller than your head and dudes like sees like little lights and shit out the window so he decides to get out of the uh train and you know one of the guys in the conductors or whatever is like hey should get back on the train he's like what happened he's like oh the train stopped we got to let the uh, engine build up steam again we'll be back on the way in a couple minutes he's like so i got time for a smoke he's like yeah but don't wander too far i'm i'm only gonna call for you twice and then we're leaving your ass like okay so he takes his cigarette and keeps seeing these like lights weird like alien shit out in the uh the uh the fucking field and decides to wander out and investigate and turns out the lights are like these zombie alien looking things coming up out of their out of their graves <laughs> so like when they they kind of glow in the dark so these lights are literally like these monsters coming out of the those out aren't of the dirt. fireflies or lightning bugs or <laughs> whatever you want to call them <laughs> so yeah he gets like yeah, you know, he starts hearing the conductor call for him, and he's, like, running through the grass, like, dodging these, uh... Which is kind of weird. I, like, I will say it gave you a, a pretty good, you know, look into just how disorienting it is. Because, like you said, the grass is it's like well above over head your high, head, yeah. so, you know, you really have no sense of direction, you know? <laughs> yeah, so he's trying to get back to the train, and eventually he gets close enough that the conductor throws a throws like a torch out and apparently they don't like fire and you know helps them get back on the train and they're both sitting there and the character's like yep they don't like fire at all and he's like you've seen this before oh yeah every once in a while the train breaks down at the same spot and you know these things pop out and it's just like something happens <laughs> he's like what are they my i don't know maybe i think something they used to be human or something but so for some reason this little spot on the track i guess a portal opens up occasionally and when we stop, these things freaking come out. So, yeah, it's just best to stay on the train, and you probably don't want to tell anybody about this because no one's going to believe you. They're just going to think you're crazy. <laughs> it's like one guy's been doing his job far too long. He's like, yeah, I've seen some shit. It's no big deal. <laughs> just don't go out in the, don't go in the grass, man. <laughs> stay on the train. You couldn't have told me about the crazy things in the woods? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just like, hey, you might want to stay on the train. No, no, I'm going to smoke a cigarette. But I mean, I guess there's things in the grass. You should stay out of the grass. Stay here on the track but, and smoke. I mean, hey, don't go out there. There's crazy zombie alien things. 
<laughs> Shit, like, no. I want to see a crazy alien <laughs> zombie zombie thing. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of laugh. Oh, that's funny. All right, yeah, it's funny. Go out there and get your ass eat. But yeah, the next one, albeit one of the shorter ones, was probably one of the other ones I was like, this one's worth watching because it was fucking hilarious. All through the house, the Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. The- this is great, you know, all parents should let their kids see, you know, this great origin of, uh, you know, the, the Santa story. Oh, that's story. a great idea. I'm showing the kids this Christmas. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, this does a great job of, you know, reimagining Saint Nick as a xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, in this case, the xenomorph just needs to, you know, get a little taste and like, okay, you're good. Here's the <laughs> gift you wanted. Or you're bad, and it's only assumed what will happen. Yeah, a little little Krampus action. Yeah, so it's Christmas Eve. Two little kids, Leah and Billy, hear the sound of rustling downstairs, believing it's Santa Claus. And, ooh, let's go find Santa. So they go down there, and you, you from the shadow, it kind of looks like the traditional uh, Santa Claus. And all of a sudden, they see this tentacle come out and drink the milk and, like, grab the plate of uh, cookies. And there's this big horrible looking like eyeless drooling mouth monster with little tiny hands right by his mouth and is like freaking starts stalking him through the living room like holy fuck it's an alien we're all gonna die and just basically backs him up into the up thing and then like goes up and sniffs him and is like Leah good and then it it pukes out this fucking present and like hands it to her and then like looks at the other kid and sniffs him and is like Billy good and like hawks up another like bigger present and he's like stay good and like fucking pops up the chimney like your traditional santa claus and they're both like what the fuck and like unwrap it it's like shit it's exactly what i asked santa claus for and then they're all sitting there in bed like still like traumatized and be like wait a minute what would have happened if we had been bad (laughs) i mean that's a great one like you know i'm not gonna tell you what bad things could happen just know Bad things can happen. <laughs> yeah, like that one. It's a short one, but that one, that is probably one of the, like the the ones I would definitely recommend watching because it was just just like I mean the design of the monster, like Santa Claus, is just fucking horrific. <laughs> I mean, it's a xenomorph, dude. What do you expect? <laughs> uh, and now you know when you're all your Christmas have been, yeah, hawked up. Could you imagine going to the mall, and that's what the mall Santa looks like? If <laughs> we had a re- realistic depiction of Santa Claus. It's like, come on, kids, go sit on the Xenomorph's lap and tell them what you want for Christmas. <laughs> Try not to get your chest busted. <laughs> it's like, have you been good this year? If not, Santa's gonna eat you. <laughs> like I said, this... There's definitely some, like, kind of interesting horror-themed episodes this season. Not as much as last season. Last season had some good horror ones, but all through the house, that could have been, like, a legit horror movie idea. (laughs) I mean, it still can. (laughs) I mean, there's so many of these, like, those short story. I'm like, this is a concept that definitely could be turned into a full-length movie. Well, I mean... Pop Squad, I could see that as, like, a full-length dystopian, like, sci-fi movie. Or, you know, like... Something to where, 
Like, you know, R.L. Stein, you know, they're working on making a, you know... Another Goosebumps movie. Yeah. You know, where maybe it's, you know, 30 minutes or an hour long or something like that, you know, like a Goosebumps tale. Or kind of like, uh, I don't know, some of the uh, Tales from the Crypt where, like, the the freaking serial killer's dressing like Santa Claus and the kids let him in the house and they think he's Santa Claus. It's like, <laughs> kind of that concept. I've not seen one where Santa's a fucking alien. <laughs> or... Kids let, you know, serial killer Santa in the house. Alien Santa comes down the chimney to discover him, and Santa, bad. <laughs> fucking him. devours him, scarring the kids for life, like. <laughs> yes. That, that's, that's the sequel. That's for season three. He finds some bad kids, and we see what happens. The only thing, the only thing that's missing from this is, like, when he left, you hear, like, the sound of, like, the, the reindeer bells. I want to see what, if Santa looks like that, I want to see what the fuck his reindeers look like. <laughs> They needed a sleigh of, like, weird-ass aliens. But, I mean, then again, like, dude, you gotta deliver presents, you know, all over the world. Like, the only way you're making that happen is if you got some alien technology on your side, <laughs> you know? All this time we thought it was holiday magic, it turns out it's just fucking aliens. <laughs> See, we told you. We've been telling you it's aliens. This time, we were right. It was aliens. Oh, and the uh, the one after this one, Life Hutch. That's another one that was kind of uncomfortable. It could it that's another potential horror movie. Uh, but uh, I'll say, like theme. you know, in the first season, there was the one. Um, oh, what episode was it? Um. Uh, was it Beyond the Aqua Rift where, you know, you see the, like, astronaut, oh. you know, uh... Turns out he's got, like, there's, like, some kind of spider alien yeah, taking care like, of him. <laughs> um, but I thought there was one where, like, it showed, like, you know, an astronaut suffocating and you just see, like, the mask, like, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking of well, something. There's that one where... The suit's leaking, she has to cut her own hand off and use her hand as, like, a way to get back in the ship. It's like, you, like throwing the hand or whatever added, like, propulsion or something, and so I had to, like, sacrifice her hand to get yeah. back in the ship without suffocating. But, you know, that one, to me, was a lot more, like, I don't know, for me, like, I've tried to hold my breath for a couple of minutes, you know, after, like, this is the technique and how you hold your breath for, you know, a long time. 45 seconds in... I'm going to be dead, you know, so <laughs> yeah. suffocating is up there on my list of things I don't want to do. Yeah, we smoke too much and do too little cardio to <laughs> hold our breath for five minutes. Uh, but yeah, this one actually stars uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, from, yeah, all kind of movies, Creed, uh, yeah, Black Panther. <laughs> hey, two movies. <laughs> Those are the two movies I've seen him in, man. But yeah, it's like, but yeah, he's a... Uh, pilot in some kind of like space battle it looks a little bit like uh oh, freaking whatever space 99 or uh starship troopers or whatever you never see the aliens that they're they're fighting but he gets uh shot down or something crashes into him and he crashes on this planet well apparently they have these like life pods that they shoot out to like recover down pilots and he's like all right there's one on this planet let me go find it and hikes over there and turns out the the life pod actually or hutch 
had also kind of crashed on on impact so it's a little banged up and we goes in there to to activate it and and uh whatever sitting out to the rescue signal there's a maintenance bot that comes that comes to life and apparently it's systems have got fried in the cratch and now it's like goddamn terminator wanting to kill anything that moves <laughs> and he doesn't have the benefit of calling automated to customer support dude it's just the boss of dynamics dog okay Equip with some lasers and some other gadgetry. Like, yeah, it, it does look like the Boston Dynamics dog, but it's like it's. I guess sensors are messed up, so it only sees movement. So like he comes in there and it immediately like. So it's a T Rex. Yeah. Like punches him into the wall and like he ends up like getting cut and basically like passing out on the floor. But like his helmet falls where he hung up his helmet falls off the wall and it smashes the helmet and he realizes as long as he doesn't move he's safe. And this thing's like just kind of stalking the, the bay, and he's not hitting the, not been able to send the uh, signal yet, so he's just kind of like stuck there, can't move. And then that, when it walks by, and uh, when like the there's a glove like falls off, and like it brings it back over to him, and it's just like staring at, and it steps on his hand, and then you see like the tears like come out of his, like start dripping down his face, but he's like he can't react or move because it'll immediately kill him, and just. Oh, that that's the one that's like made my skin crawl a little bit because I know that's I mean because it literally like just smashed his hand into fucking Play-Doh. Well, that and part he can't there, react. I'm like, oh, that that looks like kind of reminds me of uh one of the Saw movies. You know, I think maybe it was like Saw Five or something where they have to you know work together or the guy like said he was in a jigsaw you know trap but never really was or something so like one of the things was there's a lady with a fish hook you know with a key that's been lowered into her stomach and you know he has to pull the key up without her screaming you know <laughs> otherwise her neck gets pierced and dumbass lady just screams non-stop and um you know meets an untimely demise <laughs> but i was like eh. I bet that's where the inspiration came from for From Saul. Of hear no evil. <laughs> yeah. But he's kind of, he keeps, yeah, as he keeps losing consciousness, he keeps like, it keeps flashing back to the battle and how he ended up on the planet. And he remembers he has a flashlight in his hand or in his pocket. So he fishes out the flashlight. And anyone who's like, you know, use a laser pointer to like torment their dog or their cat. <laughs> I've never known it to work on dogs. Cats, yes. Dogs? Oh, fucking ghost will chase a damn laser pointer until his tongue's dragging the carpet. <laughs> he will not stop. In fact, you turn it off, he starts looking for the dot, trying to figure out where the fuck the dot went. But yeah, so he sh uses the flashlight, shines it on the wall, and it, sure enough, starts like attacking the wall. So then he starts shining the flashlight on its legs. So it starts attacking his own body to like kill the, the moving dot, and ends up ripping its leg off, and then he beats it to death with his leg <laughs> and he's finally able to get up and like get some medical aid and hit the, uh, the, uh, the fucking rescue signal. <laughs> and there's like maintenance droid error. And he's like, no shit. <laughs> I would say that's a little bit more than an error. That's a uh, catastrophic malfunction. But yeah, now that you say it, it does look like the next generation of those Boston Dynamics dogs, so it was kind of made it extra creepy. <laughs> Especially when, 
when he wakes up from being passed out and makes a noise, and all of a sudden his like slowly head comes over the edge of the table and looks down at him, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> but yeah, and, and then the last one, which this was a weird one to kind of end the series on, you know, your your favorite one that you keep uh, talking about, uh, the Drowned Giant, where we see a naked man on a beach, <laughs> a very large naked man. <laughs> I still don't understand the premise behind this. Like, I, I mean... They never explained it. It's... There's literally, like, a celebration on the giant's corpse. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's like a... Come on, kids! We're gonna go stand on the naked giant thing. His pubes would probably be like a fucking rainforest <laughs> uh, to the average-sized human. <laughs> yeah, it's basically like a fucking lily put or something. This giant uh, woke up... Dr- woke up washed up drowned and naked on this beach in what it looks like somewhere in england or, or somewhere and it's like a huge tourist attraction everybody comes out to look at the the dead giant and it just kind of documents documents its deco- decomposition and <laughs> until eventually they uh chop it up and remove it from the beach like a like a beached whale but as someone who's has studied forensics it was kind of cool watching the slow decomposition of it but i'm like i'm also i'm like man it must fucking stink on that beach why are these people having cookouts and shit because that's a lot of dead guy rotting on the beach that's got to fucking stink like a motherfucker <laughs> yeah i don't know and if you like crawling up on it and taking pictures walking across thing i'm like dude one of y'all is gonna fall into a chest cavity in a minute they're just gonna like like sink through the rotten flesh it's gonna be bad <laughs> i'm drowned in decay <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah, that's one of the ones that you can definitely skip if you decide to uh, <laughs> to watch this. It's just just weird. So, you know, it's kind of interesting, like, as we went through this segment, because we kept saying there was a lot more bad, but we ended up talking about more good than we did bad. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I think maybe it's just... Different, maybe not as diverse, but, I mean, talking about it, it seemed like we enjoyed most of the episodes. And most of them at least had... Enjoyable moments. Yeah, something entertained in all of them. You know, even the Drowned Giant, which that one I was like, this one's fucking weird, but from a science perspective, I'm like, alright, it's kind of cool them showing, like, the stages of decomposition. It's also kind of gross if you're not into that sort of thing. But yeah, all of them had something. It made me made want them... a sandwich. <laughs> Loose meat sandwich? No, oh, man, I just, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I always kind of felt like I'd be a mortician, you know, to be like, yep, and I got a dead cadaver over here, you know, working that with a sandwich over here. Like, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's good for the immune system, right? Yeah. I mean, I have left a death scene and go, hey, y'all want to go to Waffle House? Get some scattered, smothered, and covered like that dude's brains? <laughs> well, Bert's no longer with us. Hey, who's up for some Bert's chili? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, first thought is like, ah, this isn't that good. But, yeah, now that we've kind of, like, talked about them individually, like, they, they all have at least something that makes them entertaining. I think where my initial reaction to this sucks is comparisoning it to season one, which season one was much larger and there was a lot more 
well, things I, to enjoy. I, I kind of felt like this one here just revolved around robotics, you know, in a vast majority of the episodes. Whereas, you know, the the first season, like, you got a lot of different shit happening. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of them had, like, similar themes, I guess. Like, Life Hutch and Automated Customer Service is different takes on the whole... There's, like, a funny take and a serious take of Robots Breaking Bad, where, you know, Snow in the Desert and Pop Squad, you know, both have to do with immortality and, like, the ramifications of that. I mean, all through the house, kind of, that's kind of a standalone... (laughs) What about the Drowned Giant? Where does that fit in? Yeah, I don't think there's a, <laughs> a one to go with that one. Uh, it, it, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe... Uh, well, no, I think maybe it could tie in with ice, you know? Because you had the giant whales, now you got the giant man. Like... Yeah, your space whales beaching, giant man beaching. Or even ice could kind of go with snow in the desert, too, because it's also about kind of an outcast finding friendship or robot I mean, sex. if it's cold enough to snow, chances are there's probably some ice. That they take some hit from like some kind of uh, space crack pipe before they run from the, uh, and <laughs> start tripping balls before they start running for their lives. <laughs> that might not be the best. Uh... <laughs> All right, guys, we've got to run for our life. This whale's going to squish us. Let's take a hit first. <laughs> Make it interesting. <laughs> I mean, dude, Beavis and Butthead did it, and Beavis and Butthead do America. <laughs> do America. <laughs> Probably one of the coolest uh, trip scenes and oh, yeah, the fucking Rob Zombie music video in the middle of the movie, which is <laughs> freaking great. Uh, so you think we got a? Is this going to be the end of it, or are we getting a season three out of this? So far, I've not seen any news that this is. I don't know, man. And as long as it takes to do animation, unless that shit's already in production, it's probably going to be another three years before. <laughs> About the time we forget about death, love robot, love death robots, uh, we'll get a. Eventually, I'm gonna pronounce that right. We'll get a uh, <laughs> another uh, version of this. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, cause the. You know, first one won a few different awards. I guess we'll have to see if, uh, you know, this wins and takes any. You know, but I, I, you know, the first season was so unique, right? You know, I mean. It's one of them too. It's kind of like Whereas you come out with something new two, and inventing, like, and then they try to recapture the yeah. And the some magic. of that magic's gone now, you know, because you yeah things are going to be different, but you know to expect something different. And I think maybe that was my problem with this is I expected a lot more different than what I really got. Yeah, and there was I think like while discussing them all of these had something good about them, but there wasn't any that I'm like, this one I absolutely love. Where season one, I mean, Shapeshifters, Three Robots, Sunny's Edge, there's a bunch of them that I'm like, man, that was badass. Where this one, it's like, other than uh, whatever automated uh, customer support that I thought was really funny, like none of these were really, oh my God, this is amazing. I mean, they're good, but there weren't any that like super stand out where, like, you know, I remember episodes from season one where I don't know six months from now if I'll be able to remember any of these. I've already forgotten them. <laughs> I'm ready to go to sleep. 
Well, before you go to sleep, as we kind of wrap this up, what do you think of here, this uh, Rocky? It's good. I'm tired. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, to me, medium full, um, you know, creamy, earthy, um... You know, not a whole lot of spice to it. I know you said you picked up on some. I kind of a little bit in the initial light. I I really didn't. Um, but who knows? Maybe I've already wrecked my taste buds or something else. And that's kind of the thing, man. Is you know, Rocky's got some cigars that I really love, and I find myself going to those cigars, and they're on a tier that. Unless, you know, something comes out that's just, like, absolutely phenomenal. I've already got my picks for Rocky Cigars, <laughs> you know, and... Speaking of which, bring back the Super Lajero. Yes, uh, absolutely would love some Super Lajero. Because they, you know, I think a couple of years ago they tried to reintroduce them, but they weren't the same as we were getting five or six years ago. That's the thing with tobacco is, like, you know, unless you kind of re reconfigure the blend you crops change from year to year so sometimes you don't get the same consistency year to year and i think that that last batch just didn't have the i can't think the kick the the first batch did either that or we had that been smoking are, like strong you know, cigars in the <laughs> you know found other things that were like oh but i don't know i mean you know, last year I think I, I uncovered a Super Lajero, um in my humidor and I smoked it. and I mean, it was still just as good as I remember. You know, so I think, like you said, you know, something had changed, you know. It wasn't the same, you know, crop of tobacco or something. But, um, you know, this isn't bad. Um, Rocky, you get consistency. The, I mean, I that's mean, the construction is great. It's not going to fall apart on you. And normally his stuff is like, you know. Well, if you buy a box, I will say this, that most of the time when I buy a box of Rocky Patels, if I smoke one cigar, I know every other cigar is going to be of that same quality. Yeah, he, he's very consistent with his construction and, and blends. Like I said, it's there's not a lot of, uh, especially if you're dealing with like the kind of like the regular production shit that comes out every year that's not like a limited run. Like they pretty much... You have an edge today. The edge you have later is going to be pretty much the same. It's a very, very consistent. One final thing. If you had to pick one episode of this, which one would you recommend that has to be watched? Just because I know you're going to say um, animated customer service. Um, I, I, I think for me it is all through the house. Yeah, that's another. That is the one that, you know, truly Definitely was show your kids. <laughs> unique and, you know, it's short and, you know, it's it's humorous and, you know, also unlike, you know, any Krampus or anything else. So, yep, definitely show your kids. And with that, we'll be right back. Every single way, 
It's time for some science. You want to learn some shit or pretend to learn some shit as I just ramble on? Yeah, dude, give me an education stat. So, you know, talking about love, death, and robots, I got it right that time. Got a lot of robot news this uh, <laughs> this science segment. Why don't we talk about Terminators or something? Is there not a new one of those we could have talked about? <laughs> not that I've heard of yet. <laughs> But it'll probably come soon. I mean, later. it's an animated series, right? Because everything's getting an animated series. Animated series or a gender swapped version. So we're going to get Lady Terminators next. Oh, we already did that in that one movie. But now Arnold's going to be a lady. Oh, no, he was in the last movie as well. So, yeah, we've already got Lady Terminators. Now, now we've got to get animated Lady Terminators. <laughs> Animators, unite! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ghost ships have hit the seas. Dun, dun, dun. All right, I need more. Well, not exactly the traditional ghost ship, but there are unmanned ships roaming the oceans. Uh, and, you know, these aren't pirated by a gang of undead pirates. These are run by AI. Basically, I guess Navy got uh, jealous of the Air Force having all the drones and they decided to start testing their own drones. So the Office of the Secretary of Defense Strategic Capabilities Office, that's a big word, uh, together with the U.S. Navy, have literally confirmed the success of a second long-range journey of an autonomous ship. Mm. So now we're about to weaponize the AI. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. So the uncrewed vessel named Nomad traveled four thousand four hundred twenty-one nautical miles from the Gulf Coast, passing through the Panama Canal to the Pacific uh, Coast. Uh, remarkably, ninety-eight percent of this journey was completed by. In autonomous zone, uh, you know, they needed a human command uh, when going through the Panama Canal, but, you know, because they don't want to get that thing wedged in there like that dumb fucking shipper that got stuck in the Suez Canal. So they're like, all right, we'll let the humans do the canal part, and then the rest of it, the, the freaking robot drove the ship. That's pretty awesome. And the name of this, like, experiment is pretty cool, too, because this vessel is part of the... Ghost Fleet Overlord Program. <laughs> God. It sounds fucking epic. <laughs> uh, another uh, autonomous vessel, Ranger. Sir, we need backup. Call in the Ghost Fleet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So another uh, drone ship uh, named Ranger uh, completed a similar journey in October of last year. Uh, they're keeping you know quiet on how these vessels actually work, uh, but, you know, they're assuming it's uh they navigate using some form of artificial intelligence and machine learning according to the US Navy without getting into specifics. Uh, but you know, they said this is kind of in order to mature the, you know, AI systems and demonstrate, you know, reliability before they, you know, explore how to coordinate operations with manned uh, combatants. So eventually when we get some like, you know, robot fucking battleships and shit. 
As long as they don't turn on us or get hacked. Okay. They say the, the pros of this program is that most maritime accidents are caused by human error. So, you know, like that ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal. So, you know, they would actually, AI control would actually make uh, ocean travel significantly safer. And also, you know, crewless ships uh, could be built lighter using less space for crew, reducing fuel consumption and actually being more environmental, environmentally friendly than uh, traditional ships. And they said also, like, you know, it might actually reduce piracy because there's no crew for pirates to hold ransom. <laughs> well, it'll cut down uh, on semen, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, semen. Ah, uh, the Navy semen production, you know, uh, numbers have dropped, sir. Uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> and speaking of the the Air Force and their drones, uh, recently, a uncrewed drone has refueled a piloted jet midair for the first time. So now the big, uh, you know, aerial gas stations that have to refuel our, our jets can, you know, be replaced by drone-operated uh, refueling tanks. Dude, that's always, like, amazed me. Like, how they refuel mid-flight, because it's like, I gotta fly this aircraft to this little cone-shaped thing and, <laughs> you know, have sky sex so I can get refueled. <laughs> yeah, these, uh, June 4th, uh, the uncrewed Boeing MQ-25T1 test asset uh, demonstrated for the first time air-to-air -air refueling capabilities with an FA-18 Hornet. Uh, the footage was recently released by the U.S. Navy. Uh, uh, the drone extended its hose and rogue, which I guess that's the uh, connecting piece, uh, to deliver jet fuel to the military aircraft behind it. Although the test uh, aircraft were... Although a test, both aircraft were flying at speed and at altitude that would normally, you know manned uh fueling aircraft would fly at yeah and it's a uh, navy paid boeing 805 million dollars to build the first four of these things uh and have paid another 84.7 million to bring the total number of drones up to seven not a bad time to be working for boeing <laughs> yeah yeah if you if you're if you're one of those people buying stonks uh you might want to do some investing in and Boeing, uh, but they said, you know, over the uh, next uh, few years, working side by side with Boeing, they plan to greatly enhance the future carrier air wing, and you know, kind of automating this refueling thing will definitely kind of improve uh, our air battle capabilities. Uh, you know, because you know, modern jets now, you know, shit with air refueling can almost stay up indefinitely as long as they got gas and the pilots don't fall asleep. You're good to go. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put it in autonomous mode, and uh, that way I can take me some Z's. <laughs> I say uh, testing will continue. Uh, kind of the next phase is they plan to test these things on uh, aircraft carriers to see if they can actually, you know, land and take off from carriers to get them where they need to be to uh, refuel the boys dropping warheads on foreheads out in the Middle East or wherever we find ourselves committing fuckery these days. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, can you imagine, like, trying to land on a ship as it's like crashing through waves and jumping and everything <laughs> like yeah i mean it's fucking hard enough to land a plane on a flat runway in the middle of a you know open area doing it on a 
you know, postage stamp floating in the middle of the sea. It's like, no, nah, those guys, those naval guys got, got my roots, but that's a level of skill that I'm like, that's, no, that's not something I <laughs> want to do or capable of doing. I'm too fat to fit in the plane. I'm too fat to fly like Kevin Smith. <laughs> I hate one of them C-130s or some shit. A little roomier. I'm so cockpit. fit to fly, I get two seats. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... 3D printed human tissue wins an impressive NASA challenge. Did it create aliens? Maybe. That might be phase two of this plan. Basically, uh, NASA uh, kind of created this contest where the first prize gets $500,000. And it was originally started back in 2016. And for the first time, the three teams have, have actually uh, completed the, the challenge. Um, Basically, they wanted to see if, you know, organs could be 3D printed from scratch. And the problem with, we have the technology to 3D print stuff with, uh, you know, organic material. But, you know, the things in your body actually have blood vessels running through it. And so far, the 3D printing technology can't uh, build that a working vascular network within, you know, a reasonably thick uh, organ. So, you know, it's... You know, if, if if blood can't flow through the organs, they're not going to work properly, or at least not work, you know, you know, long term. Oh, so uh, the the first prize uh, went to a company that uh, from well, two companies, uh, both of them from Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine in Winston Salem. Uh, they were competing as Team Winston and Team W Firm. And they both won first and second place. Uh, and the final third prize is $100,000. is currently being fought over by two other teams. Basically, they demonstrated that their 3D printed human tissue are capable of perfusion, which is the process of, you know, having... Where organisms bring nutrients to cells and remove metabolic, metabolic waste. They basically designed a thick tissue over a... Um, basically a, uh, a thick tissue of, nutri of nutrients, uh, ah, thick tissue, which nutrient oxygen can flow over gel like moles and then dissolve the, the moles leaving behind the vascular tissue. So we're one step away from, or well, probably several steps away from being able to 3d print organs instead of having to, you know, rely on cadaver donated organs. Maybe we can be immortal like uh fucking snow in the desert. Hmm. Not sure if I want that. I don't know. My liver's going bad. 3D print me a liver so I can keep drinking. <laughs> I need them robot lungs. <laughs> or just fucking 3D. You're know, starting to get old and just 3D print your whole new body and just transfer your shit over. Like Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> uh, yeah, that may not be that far fetched. <laughs> and. This article definitely follows into the category of if you don't want Terminators, stop building Terminators. An autonomous weaponized drone hunted down humans without commands for the first time. You know, mostly, you know the drones we see like dropping bombs and, and war zones, most of those are controlled by human pilots somewhere in a bunker somewhere. You know, they're basically really high-tech RC planes, but... A, uh, a drone hunted down and attacked humans without input from human commanders uh, in a recently released UN report. So basically, uh, 
for the first time, artificial intelligence has taken place, has attacked humans. Skynet is here. Or the UN has reported that the drone attacked humans and... Well, they've not released whether anyone was killed, but they did say the attack was highly effective without saying whether or not it actually killed anyone. Uh, the attack took place in Libya in March of last year. Um, Special Operation uh, Operation Peace Storm, which, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> uh, saw unmanned combat aerial vehicles used against Hafar-affiliated forces. Uh, drones have been used in combat for years, but this is the first time that they've performed without, uh, you know, human input. So basically, uh... Or so says the, you know, secret of special forces. <laughs> I mean, uh, were these enemies? Yes. So, so, I mean... I don't know. This was the... Kogru, a rotary-winged attack drone designed for asymmetric warfare or anti-terrorism operations. And basically it, uh, you know, sent to attack a certain area, but then continued to uh, follow and harass the units that flee, flee from the original attack zone without further input. To... So basically it's like, here, blow this up. They went to blow that up and people fled and they're like, let's keep blowing up and follow the people that tried to, to fled and hunt down the escaping terrorists. I mean, hey, as long as the terrorists are the ones that are dying, uh, I, I'm just going to say convenient story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or maybe the unanimous part was, you know, hey, go to this initial location. Uh, hey, Commander, people are running. Yeah, take over. We'll just say that the drones uh, got a mind of their own. Nobody will be none the wiser. <laughs> Uh, yes, this and this thing looks doesn't look like your your like you know, the winged predator. This looks almost like your regular quad quadcopter style drones, but it's equipped with guns and it can basically you know fly itself into targets and explode. You know, very uh, Call of Duty uh, <laughs> style. Ah, uh, yes. Whatever, terrorist or dead, it's a good day. <laughs> so yeah, you know, Terminators Wait. are real, and now they're coming. For anonymous, us. autonomous drone has been highly effective used against terrorists. Yeah, it said it was highly effective in inflicting significant casualties on enemy surface-to-air missile systems, uh, and then, like I said, went from there to take out anyone or hunt down anyone that was you know, in the middle of escaping. So. Yep, Terminators are real. They're here. Yeah, we're all doomed. Hey, don't be a terrorist. <laughs> Until the terrorists have the drones, and then we're all fucked. And with that, that's all I got for you this week. Stay tuned, folks, for more fuckers. Of the myriad pop culture podcasts, there is one that blends in with them all. Flying under the radar, nagging at you at a subconscious level. Nerd Bliss. Where four hosts from the Deep South and anyone that can get to appear for store brand coffee and corn nuts talk about science fiction, pop culture, current affairs, and more. You can find us at nerdblisspodcast.com or on the ESO network. Nerdbliss. It's one word. And now it's time for all things nerdy in the nerd.
And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. Do you want to be the master of the universe? I want the power. I've got the power. I've got the power. Yeah, so we got a uh, pretty sweet, you know, teaser trailer from Netflix uh, for Masters of the Universe. Um, I think we really talked about Kevin kinda... Smith doing this a long time ago, but like we said, animation takes a really long fucking time to come out. But yeah, I mean, dude, this is this is the early '90s, badass soundtrack, <laughs> like, and. Yeah, it... We gotta wait just uh, approximately a little bit more than a month now, because I think this comes out on July twenty third. Yeah. So it anyone who tried to watch that Shira Netflix, it sucked. It like it was that kitty animation, like like so many of animation styles today. But this looks like legit. I believe it's the same animation studio that did the uh, the Castlevania series. That's been badass. So it looks pretty cool. I mean, freaking Mark Hamill is Skeletor. I mean, it it's got a pretty good cast of people, and it, it looks problem. Skeletor badass. sounds a lot like the Joker. Yeah, when he laughs, I'm like, <laughs> it's fucking Joker. <laughs> like, Mark Hamill, do you only have one laugh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man! I don't know if that was Skeletor or uh, Crypt Keeper. Maybe it was a Crypt Skeletor. Cryptocor. In the trailer, too, it shows Oro doing some badass math. Damn, Oro looks like he actually can kick ass in this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, the action and everything else looks like it's going to be good. I'm digging the animation style. And uh, like I said, a, a badass soundtrack to boot. So I feel like that's a recipe for success. Yeah, and it's like... Kevin Smith without and dick I mean, jokes, or at least so far, anyway. <laughs> it's like there'll probably be something hidden somewhere that <laughs> there'll be some kind of weird uh, Kevin Smith uh, reference in there. Yes, but I guess while we're talking about animation, I I don't know a lot about animation. I don't know a lot about anime, but the one thing I do know about is Cowboy Bebop. Hail G and you three, know, two, one, let's jam. Well, apparently uh, Yoko Kano um, is going to be doing the music. So, I mean, as if there was any doubt, because I'm sorry, you can't have Cowboy Bebop without Yoko Kano. Like, that's that's just so iconic and... Half the success of freaking the original anime is just the badass soundtrack. I mean, that's like one of the few animes I bought the soundtracks for because the music was so good. So, yeah, doing a live-action version of Cowboy Bebop without... You know, Yoko Kano doing the soundtrack for it would have, would have been a mistake. So, yeah, Netflix has said, yep, it's, it's, shit's going to sound like Cowboy Bebop. We don't know how well it's going to look like Cowboy Bebop, but that shit's going to sound like Cowboy Bebop. So we'll see when uh, when all this uh, finally comes out eventually. Because it's been delayed due to COVID and due to injuries. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's been a lot of people getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, that may not be a good thing. Hopefully, eventually, they'll get this thing <laughs> out to the world. Yes, absolutely. Um, you remember way back in like elementary school, like the Goosebumps series? Yes. Well, do you remember advanced to uh, maybe middle school, possibly <laughs> early high school? Another offer with kind of that same short story horror theme, but, you know, 
a little less kidified by the name R.L. Stein. Oh yeah, because they there was the Goosebump series, which was almost was which was like kid horror, but they had the Scary Tales to Tell in the Dark series that was like legit. Some of those were like, damn, this is some, this is some nice scary. Yeah, there shit was in here. one of those that I can remember. Like you know, a lady goes in the bathroom and sees like a red bump on her face as so she like scratches it and like spiders just start <laughs> pouring out. Oh yeah, Which, some of those books were fucking horrible. For some reason, like in my head, like always that that imagery just stands out very vividly. But I'm like, I like spiders. That wouldn't scare me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Um, well, Netflix is uh, going to be doing a three-part short story series um, called Fear Street. Um, part one um, will be set in 1994. That's going to release on July 2nd. Part two will be set in 1978, which will be um, on July 9th. And then the final part, part three, will be set in 1666. And all take place in this same, like, fictional town of, like, Sunnydale or something like that. So even though they're all three taking place in different eras, they they're, it's one big connected story. And from the trailer, it looks like cool slasher paranormal yeah craziness. i mean i i don't know i think they kind of did that with it a little bit you know with the two-part you know showing the kids and then the kids i think they tried to do that a little bit with one of those really terrible freddy movies um <laughs> just did not need to happen um so this seems like it's going to be pretty interesting um you know a little bit grittier, a little bit darker. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to it, you know? Um, nice to see some additional new horror-related content. Um, part three, um, you'll be able to catch that July 16th. Now, this makes me wonder, like, is Netflix going to try to do what we've seen with Disney Plus and some of the other streaming services of hey, instead of dropping all the content at once, we're going to put little breaks just to make sure you keep that ongoing subscription. Well, suppose this is going to be, instead of a series, it's three like feature-length movies. So I kind of like that we don't have to, like, oh, my God, that movie was awesome. Let me wait a year for the next one to come out. It's like literally like, you like that movie? We're going to give you another one next week. You like that movie? We're going to give you another one next week. <laughs> But why can't you just give me all three right now? <laughs> if I want to do a nine-hour marathon or something, like, that should be my choice. <laughs> I mean, I did it with Lord of the Rings. I mean, I mean, just do what you do with all the net, the Disney stuff. You just wait till it's complete, and then you can uh, binge it. <laughs> That's pretty much what I do then anyway. I have to, then I have to wait a month to talk to you about things. Because, like, hey, you seen that thing? No, I'm waiting until it's done so I can binge it. I'm like, damn it, it's cool. Come on, watch it so I can tell you about it. <laughs> You know, a month from now, we'll have a conversation about Loki <laughs> when you finally sit down and watch it. <laughs> I watched the trailers. I know how much uh, Marriott is uh, featured in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, up next, I guess we'll uh, we'll keep the sort of horror theme going is uh, we're going to talk about Deadites. Hell yeah. And you can't talk about Deadites without talking about the Evil Dead. Fuck yes. So, uh, we're gonna get Hell to the Deadites, um, which we have finally got a summer release date. Uh, this is going to be a documentary, 
um, that's basically going to focus on Sam Raimi's friends and, you know, the Evil Dead franchise. Um, this is going to be released um, on demand July 27th. A lot of stuff happening in July, man. Oh, so this um, is a documentary on the uh, Evil Dead series. Yeah, so it's even, basically going to that. explore the classic franchise, the growing popularity. Um, it'll include interviews with the cast and crew. Um, you know, obviously Bruce Campbell, Ted Raimi, Betsy Baker, Teresa Tilly. Um, yeah, the list goes on and on. Um, we need him to come to Dragon Con. Yeah, I mean, I... I <laughs> I would really like to Bruce see... Bruce Campbell's been in so much shit. He, he needs to come to Dragon Con. You know, more of the... Uh, That's the... one of the few people I would definitely pay to get an autograph. Uh... Oh, dude, there's so many people at Con that absolutely would. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is basically inspired by the cult following. Um, it's going to be, you know, like I said, through the cast, crew, collectors, fans, geeks... Um, will illuminate the darkest reaches of the Evil Dead franchise's undying and still-growing popularity. Um, you know, of course, we know four films, a TV show, comic book, figurines, um, and we're going to segue to the next topic. How would you like a video game where you can kill deadites? Hells yeah. I remember the old Evil Dead game that are, came out like a long time ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was actually pretty cool game uh back in the day well how would you like if the same video game allowed you to be a dick and be a deadite <laughs> i get to hunt down teenagers in the woods hell yeah it's kind of like that jason game where you get to be well Jason. see that that was a thing so we got a trailer for evil dead the game um and as i'm watching this i'm like man this is really very much like the Friday the 13th game that came out a few years ago, um, which was an okay game for like an hour and then got extremely repetitive and just, yeah, hey, I did this thing. Now I'm tired of doing this thing. Um, there wasn't really a lot to like grow. Like, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to give you, you know, secrets that you can find and blah, blah, blah that are pointless and meaningless and just not, you know, I guess if you're a super diehard fan, maybe some of that stuff's cool. But, you know, as a gamer, I'm like, make this tie into something. Make it, you know, worth my time. But um, the the Evil Dead uh, game, I mean, you get a boomstick, you got a sweet chainsaw hand. And not only that, like... it has, like, a lot of the other characters from the movies. There's a couple other people you can play as, but there's also... Looks like Eric the Red from Army of Darkness and even uh, Evil Ash from Army of Darkness is also playable characters in the game. So, I mean, and, yeah, the. I mean, I kind of think it's neat that it gives you the choice. You know, if you want to play as the good guy and try to save the world from Deadites, or if you just want to say, middle finger up, peace, I'm <laughs> out, and, uh, you know, go and do your own adventure. Um, you have that option, too. And it has driving in it, too, so it's like. <laughs> It's like it looks like you're good at you know, old fashioned like hack and slash action game, but it's like driving and paranormal. Well, I mean, shit I think and... you kind of had to do the same thing in the Jason game, right? Like you either had to find keys or you had to find like gas for the vehicle. Like there were objectives to be able to escape Crystal Lake. Um, I think they might have got some of that from um, 
what is it, the Dead Rising franchise, where, like, you know, it would give you a scenario and be like, this is your area of the mall. You got to deliver 16 cans of gas to this, you know, showroom car and drive it out of the mall. Spoiler alert for somebody that hasn't played a game in 20 years. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, supposedly you got to find pages to the Necronomicon and, you know, some of the the uh, Nobis tapes to find a spell to banish the Deadites back to wherever the hell they come from. So, yeah, there's it, it looks kind of like a cool survival horror Beat 'em up game. Yeah, maybe not even so much survival horror. I, I, I don't know. To me, I think it's going to be more of a hack and slash. You know, like survival horror to me means you're not going to have any ammo. You're not going to have any fuel for your chainsaw hand, and you're going to have to go around collecting green plants to keep yourself alive. And those are going to be very few and far between. <laughs> and everything's going to be a bullet sponge. Hack and slash. Actually, I do love a good mindless hack and slash where I just got to hit. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like sometimes, like I just enjoy like being. Sometimes able you to... turn your brain off and whack a thing. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, to me, I still like when I'm in the mood. Yes, I will play a challenging game that really you know forces me to think about every action and that sort of thing. But you know, there's those times where it's like I just want to veg out, relax, and just cause some mayhem and. You know, maybe this will be, you know, kind of a bridge between both of those. You know, kind of piqued my interest when it was like, hey, I wonder if finding the pages of the Necronomicon, like, if that's going to be part of the quest to, like, you know, be able to, you know, summon the, the ultimate demon, and you're going to have <laughs> Ash versus Ash, and, you know, really go balls to the wall. Yeah, so not much on the story so far, but yeah, def they had a good, like, gameplay trailer, and it looks pretty cool. I mean, the graphics at least look phenomenal. Yeah. Um, we don't have an official release date yet. Um, just right now it's slated for sometime 2021. We'll see if that happens. Any other... Uh, oh, I almost forgot. Another tidbit of news that we have is... Um, Rob Zombie <laughs> is directing the monsters. Yeah, Rob Zombie's monsters. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> Do we get a, another Dragula song? <laughs> I mean, I almost feel like, you know, I mean, the monsters, I mean, very much Psycho Billy, like, I think Rob Zombie can do it, you know? I mean... Yeah, like, so far, no details other than Rob Zombie's doing it, so we don't know live-action, animated, release dates, we don't know any of that shit yet, but yeah, Rob Zombie is doing the monsters. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I mean, this is Universal 1440 Entertainment. Um, they've been doing a lot of stuff with Peacock, um, which is a another streaming app. Um, this one, I think, just shows you ads, or you can pay to remove ads, I think. Um... I've only used it once. But, you know, I mean, dude, Rob Zombie's quirky. He can be a funny guy, too. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, he does creep show. I mean, look at his sets and everything else. I mean. Yeah, it's, uh, if anyone can make this interesting, it's going to be uh, Rob Zombie. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get off tour and everything else. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if this is kind of a, you know, 
if they had to make this announcement, because you know Netflix is doing the Adams Family, you know, spinoff with Tim Burton. So I wonder if this is a way to kind of take, you know, a little bit of uh, emphasis from them. <laughs> yeah, if Netflix is doing Tim Burton, this is probably, yeah, you said Peacock or one of the competing agencies. We don't have Tim Burton, but we got Rob Zombie and fucking Monsters. Hells yeah. House of a Thousand Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing, are we going to, uh, you know, see Sherry Moon's tits anywhere in it? <laughs> <laughs> that's who's probably playing Morticia. Oh, no, that's that, Maddow's family. Whatever the fucking Munster's wife was named. Because, <laughs> you know, family first. <laughs> uh, any other news, tidbits, anything that you want to share? Oh, with the, the only uh... other thing I saw, uh, Netflix did an announcement that they're doing a spinoff series on the Castlevania uh, show. Uh that one kind of wrapped up with uh, uh, whatever uh, Sefer being pregnant. So the new one is supposed to follow the child of Sefer and Trevor Belmont in the uh, French Revolution time period. So that's so far all they've announced about it. But if you like the Castlevania animated series, uh, cool. We're going to get more of that in a different uh, time era. <laughs> uh, and with that, uh, check us out on... ESO Network, check us out at ESONetwork.com. Check us out on our website, CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at CigarNerdPod. Get your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Get your shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And also, the network has asked uh, us to play a COVID PSA, uh, and that's going to be at the very end of the show. If you don't want to listen to that, shut your shit off now. Uh, these opinions may not reflect the opinions of the cigar nerds because I'm not going to tell you, give you medical advice or tell you what to do. If you think you need it, get it. If you don't think you need it, don't get it. Y'all are fucking adults. Make your own decisions. But like I said, network asked this to be played. So we'll play it at least once. And with that, go out and love some death robots or something. Peace. Welcome to Dr. Geek's Laboratory. Hello, everyone. Dr. Geek here with a shout out to all the scientists who worked tirelessly to bring a COVID-19 vaccine into reality. <laughs> Let's face it, creating something of this magnitude is a miracle worthy of Dr. McCoy himself. And now, Dr. Geek needs you to do your part. Remember, each shot is one small step back to normal, one giant leap to putting the pandemic behind us. We can do this. For more information, visit vaccines.gov to find your nearest provider. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.